Kevin August and his family are shocked to discover that his neighbor and client, Dr. Delroy Davidson, has been murdered. The August family must outwit mafia thugs, scheming widows, and vindictive families. But can Delroy's killer be forced out of hiding before Kevin or someone he loves becomes the next victim? Find out on Never As It Seems. Chapter 4 Jared, Daisy, Amber, and Jacqueline all walked into Kevin's office in a straight line. Before they entered, Shauna set up steel chairs in front of his desk. He wanted to get them something better to sit on, but that was the best he could do. When Jared and Daisy sat down, they moved the chairs a bit to put a gap between them and their mother. The room was silent, and Kevin knew they wanted to wait for him to start talking. It might have not have been as silent as if it was Jacqueline wasn't there. Amber and her children must have been confused, but also curious as to why Delroy wanted her to be present during the reading of the will. Before we start, this won't be a typical reading of someone's will. As Delroy was preparing his will, he didn't only want it documented, but he wanted to document what his will stated. Kevin had Delroy's recording saved on his flash drive. After uploading the video onto his laptop, Kevin turned it around so the four of them could see. He knew it would be hard for the siblings to see and hear their father's voice right after they buried him. The lawyer hoped Jared and Daisy would stay strong. The video was on full screen, then Kevin played it. As the video began, Daisy smiled at the sight of her father. Kevin was the one who recorded it, so he remembered how Delroy grinned once the recording began. Hello, I'm Delroy Davidson, and I'm sound body and mind, and I'm reading this way. Obviously, if you're watching this, I'm dead. <laughs> if I'm still alive and you're watching this, then something is terribly wrong. But I'm sure this recording will be be in the right hands. I'd like to start off by apologizing. You might be wondering what I would be need to be sorry for. What I'm apologizing for is leaving you all so suddenly. Whether I die of a fatal disease or some freak accident, I'm sorry that I'm not there to be with you. Jared. As soon as his name was called, Jared's head lit up a bit higher. My firstborn. My boy who grew up to be a fine man sooner than I expected. Since I'm gone, I want you to know how proud I am of you. I'm incredibly proud of the man you've become. Since I'm, I'm gone, I know that you will look out for your baby sister. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's not even a baby anymore, which is also so hard to believe because I know you will take care of what's left of this family. I give you half of my estate. That includes the house. You'll know what else you'll be receiving in the document. Jared nodded. 
but Kevin noticed how the women were confused. Kevin knew it made sense for Jared to receive the house, but Jared might have been unsure about what to do with it since his father was murdered inside of that house. What everyone else must have been confused about was who the other half of the estate would go to. Daisy, my sweet baby, my little princess, I hope you can forgive me for leaving you at this point in your life. You're a freshman in college and unsure of what the future holds for you, which is why I've done my best to make sure you're taken care of. Like I told your brother, I'm sure he'll take great care of you, but since I'm not there to take care of you and your financial needs, there is a bank account that can pay for your next year of college since you're getting your associates in business. There's also enough money for you to go to beauty school and enough money to help you build your own beauty salon. I truly believe in your skills and intelligence. You've made me so proud to be your father. I'm sure you'll make me even prouder. When Kevin looked up to see Daisy's reaction, he noticed tears in her eyes. As she looked at the laptop, she mouthed words thanking her father. Delray took a deep breath. <sighs> Amber, <laughs> the first woman I ever truly fell in love with. In the corner of Kevin's eyes, he noticed a huge grin on her face. When I saw you in that hospital room, I truly saw you as someone who could be the love of my life. But as life went on, I realized how terribly wrong I was. Oh, Amber, I learned that the hard, hard way. Whenever we had our issues, I truly believed we could resolve them. Instead, you wanted to turn to other men for comfort and more. All eyes were on Amber at that moment. No one in the room directly turned their heads towards her, but everyone did glance at her. Kevin noticed Amber's face becoming bright red. What Delray stated weren't lies. Since the man was telling the truth, Kevin was unable to sympathize for Amber. Amber, you appear to be what I considered an angel. Now I know that you are nothing but an evil and selfless witch. For that, I hate you, and I can't stand the fact that our kids are stuck with you while I'm not there for them. Speaking of our kids, they were the only precious gifts you've ever given me. When we were together, I gave you all my love. Since we're no longer married, and I'm no longer alive, you get absolutely nothing from me. And I hope you're here to hear this because I've wanted to say this for a long time. Right now, I sense that once you're coming back into town, you will be enthusiastic, ecstatic, because you think that you'll actually get something from me. Well, you would be delusional if you believe something so absurd. Joke's on you. It feels so good to get the last laugh. This time, Amber's face turned dark red with her nose scrunched up. It was almost as if she wanted to grab the computer and smash it to the ground. Kevin believed that since she couldn't harm her ex-husband, she would have been ready to destroy whatever was left of him. As for you, Jicklin, you will receive the other half of my estate. That's all. 
Goodbye. Jared and Daisy's jaw dropped as they glanced at Jacqueline. Amber, on the other hand, was breathing hard as she looked at Jacqueline as if her worst nightmare was about to begin. With the rest of the room looking at her, Jacqueline looked down as she played with her fingers. Amber looked directly at the lawyer. Why on earth would Delroy ever give anything to that woman? Amber asked, with her finger pointing at Jacqueline. Jacqueline gave Amber a dirty look. She looked up and down at her, and Kevin guessed the reason for this reaction was that Amber didn't call Jacqueline by her name. I'm not at liberty to say. You weren't Delroy's lawyer. Amber said to Jacqueline, what made everyone else in the room uncomfortable was how close Amber got in front of Jacqueline's face. Maybe you can explain to my children and me why my ex-husband left you half of his estate. Jacqueline backed away from Amber to regain her stance. I'm as surprised as everyone else in this room. Deborah and I barely knew each other. The only way we were connected was that our children were dating each other. Don't play dumb with me. I know you somehow did something to convince Delroy to add you in his will. Not only that, I want to know how you convinced him to give me absolutely nothing. Amber? Jared called out as he stood up. You need to leave right now. Amber looked at her son, then nodded. She looked back at Jacqueline. Just so you know, I'll get to the bottom of this. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. Once Amber spoke her piece, she got up from her chair and stomped out of the office. This type of altercation was the last thing Kevin wanted. It didn't mean he wasn't expecting it. Since our crazy mother is out of the room, are you telling us the truth when you say you have no idea why my dad added you to his will? Sweetie, I don't need any of your father's money. I've got a bunch of money saved up for my modeling days. My husband also takes good care of me. Since you're dating my son, you should be aware of that. I'm glad to see we've got everything out of the way. This meeting is over. As Kevin walked towards his car, he heard the rush of footsteps behind him. The lawyer turned around and saw that it was Jacqueline. He didn't want to show it, but he wondered what she wanted to talk to him about. How can I help you, Jacqueline? Jacqueline crossed her arms as if it were freezing outside. Did Delroy ever mention to you why he added my name to the will? As I mentioned to Amber, I am not at liberty to say. Diane greeted her husband when he arrived back home. After a long day of working, attending the funeral, and gathering everyone to listen to Delroy's will, he was ready for a nap. Since he was too exhausted to go up any stairs, Kevin slumped on the couch. His wife sat right beside him. 
How did the reading of the will go? Kevin's head rolled in her direction and his facial expression let his wife know how much of a struggle it was for him. With Amber in the room, it was tense. Yes, she wasn't satisfied with what she was given. That woman wasn't given a penny. What? The shock was written all over Diane's face. Then she crossed her arms as she waited to hear more. He didn't expect Diane to seem more surprised. She remembered how ugly Amber and Delroy's divorce was as much as Kevin did. Maybe she didn't expect Delroy to allow her to hear the will and inform her how she wouldn't receive anything from him. But Jacqueline did receive half of his estate. Jacqueline Everson? Diane asked, then Kevin nodded as he looked away. Why was she placed on the will? Since he was unable to answer his wife's question, he placed his finger over his mouth. Amber, for some delusional reason, must have believed that she would have received what Jacqueline gained. Now I'm afraid for her. What reason do you have to be afraid, Kevin? Before Amber left my office, it didn't seem like she was going to let this go. I just pray God doesn't allow it to turn into a huge mess that would be impossible to clean up. Jacqueline arrived back at the mansion. As she returned home, she was unsure what to tell the rest of the family about what occurred. For as long as she's known Delroy, she never expected him to leave something huge for her like half of his estate. She honestly didn't need any of it, but she was flattered to know that she crossed his mind as he wrote his will. While she sat on her South Port egg chair outside on the patio, Kiefer walked up behind her. What did Delroy give you? For some odd reason, Delroy Davidson gave me half of his estate. You're kidding me. She didn't plan on replying. Then Andre met up with his parents to ask his mother the same thing his father asked. Once again, she explained what she received during the reading of the will. But why would Dr. Davidson leave you anything, Mom? That's what everyone else has been wondering. But I can't give you an answer, no matter how much you want one. Andre looked at his father. What do you think about this? Trust me, son. I'm as curious as you are. Since Delroy's dead and gone, it doesn't look like we'll ever find out the answer. Don't you think I would have wanted to have known? Jacqueline asked as she turned to look up at her husband. Kiefer placed his hand on his wife's shoulder. Don't worry about it. Look on the brighter side. You're a little bit richer than you were before, and you don't have to share what was given to you with anyone else. Since it was Saturday, Daron was surprised to see his wife about to walk out of the house as he was vacuuming the living room. He asked Joy where she was heading off to. I'm going to my parents' house, silly. Daron turned off the vacuum. Without me? Joy walked over to her husband and placed her hands on both sides of his face. Baby, 
let's make a deal. The next time I go, I'll bring you with me. She noticed how suspicious her husband was looking. So she looked at him with a soft smile. What Joy wanted to avoid was a huge disagreement when she got back home. Why do I have a feeling you only want to visit your family to hear about Delroy's will? No matter how much she tried to keep details from him, he was always able to get one step ahead of her. Moments like this surprised Joy that her husband didn't become a journalist or a detective himself. Joy knew it wouldn't have been right for her to deceive him. All she needed to do was find out how to avoid his question. At least you're showing that you worry too much about me. And I can see how you're doing your best to act like I did not just ask you a question. By the end of the day, I'll be spending time with my family. Joy kissed her husband. See you later. When Amber returned to Orlando, she was certain Delray would have left her something. Maybe nothing too big, or maybe nothing too small. Overall, she didn't expect him to embarrass her the way he did. Even if she was unfaithful to him when they were married, she was certain he still felt something for her, like she still felt something for him. They were both each other's first loves. Contrary to what everyone else believed, she never cheated on him because she fell out of love with him. All she wanted was her husband to give her the attention she deserved. Since he was constantly at the hospital, he couldn't give her what she needed. Other men were able to, and she only saw those flings as moments of weakness. Because she didn't receive anything from the will as she thought, she realized how Delroy didn't understand how she never intended to cheat on him in the first place. Amber felt as if Delroy seemed like this perfect man. From what she remembered, he had plenty of mistakes in his life. It didn't cause her to despise him as he despised her. As she was in the hotel elevator, she thought about Jacqueline and what the woman took away from her. Amber planned to let Jacqueline know that she was a woman who kept her word. When she arrived at the lobby, she informed the man at the front desk how she would be staying at the hotel longer than she planned. After everything was sorted, Amber began to walk back to the elevator. As she got closer, she heard a familiar voice call out her name. She quickly turned around and saw that it was Detective DeRio. He had his hands tucked in his pockets. As he began to walk towards her, she gave the investigator a dirty look. What do you want? I'd like to know why you're still in town. Your ex-husband is already buried. Did you easily forget how I've got children in Orlando? Not at all. Did you easily forget how none of them wants anything to do with you? If the man weren't an officer, Amber would have slapped him across the face then and there. Just because he was some detective didn't mean he had the right to judge her life or comment on it. I'd like you to know how that has got anything to do with you. Gerald playfully looked like he was in pain as he held his chest. 
Ouch. You really know how to hurt a man's feelings. Look, detective, I don't have to say another word to you without my lawyer. Yet you're still talking with me. By the way, why would you need a lawyer if you have nothing to hide? This was her chance to finally give the detective someone else to annoy. Jacqueline Everson does. Gerald had a confused facial expression. What are you talking about? She took what belonged to me. I'm still lost. Amber grunted in frustration as she rolled her eyes. Instead of leaving me anything in his will, Delroy left more than something to Jacqueline. My ex-husband left half of his estate to that lady. Gerald began to nod. This reaction caused Amber to believe that she succeeded in what she wanted to accomplish. If Jacqueline wasn't going to reveal why Delroy added her to the will, the detective had his chance to prove to Amber how great he was at his job. Maybe he would be the one to give her the answer to her questions. Joy was greeted by her mother as Diane opened the door. As Kevin and Chloe were standing in the kitchen, they both greeted Joy. She was hoping her family wouldn't interrogate her the same way her husband did. All she wanted was to be seen as a concerned member of the family, instead of a journalist searching for answers. So, Joy. Chloe said as she placed one hand on her hip. What are you really here for? Joy pointed her finger at her younger sister. You know what? You're just as bad as Deron. It ain't a crime to visit my own family every once in a while. Most of the time, Deron comes with you. Well, he's busy. Busy with what? Joy wasn't sure if her father was asking because he truly wanted to know or to make sure she wasn't making an excuse. Working around the house. All these questions. I've got questions of my own. She looked at her father. What happened when you read Dr. Davidson's will? Jared received half of his father's estate, which includes the house. Not sure if he'll sell the place. Daly's college and future goals are paid for. Jacqueline Everson received the other half of Delroy's estate, while Amber received nothing. The second Joy heard Jacqueline's name mentioned, it completely threw her off. She was aware that the Eversons and the Davidsons were connected because Daisy and Andre dated each other, but she didn't expect Delroy to add any of them to the will. Last time Joy spoke with Kiefer, he mentioned how he barely interacted with Delroy, unless it wasn't the same case with Jacqueline. Wait a minute, so how did Jacqueline end up in the will. Dad's got no liberty to say. Chloe answered with a smug smile on her face. Joy shook her head in displeasure. You're not going to find out for yourself? Diane asked. Right? I would hope not. Kevin added as he gave Joy a stern look. Especially when this is none of your concern or any of your business. Joy was hoping that once she moved out of her parents' house, 
they wouldn't worry about her the way they did. Since she was carrying a child of her own, she kind of understood her parents' point of view. When her child would become an adult and take care of themselves, she believed that she would eventually trust her child to stay out of trouble. Only God knew how she would act like a mother when the child would be born. At the moment, Joy didn't want to hear her parents constantly worry about her when she was about to be a mother herself. Come on, Dad. How would I be able to dig deep into this? If you really know why, you're obviously not going to tell me. Dr. Davison is buried, so I can't ask him. Ja'Kayla might want to keep this to herself. But the woman is the wife of your boss. Chloe said. I'm sure you'll find a way. After receiving the information, Joy admitted to herself how her younger sister was right. It didn't matter to her how much her family didn't want her to get involved. This piece of information was too good to let go. She began to wonder what would occur if another journalist discovered the truth before she did. That outcome meant she lost a chance to cover an amazing story. Even if this involved Kiefer's wife, Joy knew how he wouldn't pass a chance at publishing a story which would help prevalent. For as long as she could remember, Joy never knew Delray as an individual who made random choices. One way or another, she was going to discover the truth. As Daisy walked into her brother's kitchen, she noticed him sitting at the kitchen table, staring into space. Since she finished all of her homework, Daisy decided it was the right thing to do to check up on Jared. They buried their father the other day, so it still must have been torturing him. During the reading of the will, she realized how her father was right. Ever since the murder occurred, Jared immediately took care of her. Daisy was grateful for it, but she didn't want her own brother to ruin his life in the process. All this time he was strong for her, yet no one in this world was strong for him. Daisy asked as she stood by her older brother's side. What's up? Are you standing there thinking about dad or what we heard on his will? If you're talking about how he left Jaquilla and half of his state, then I'm over that. What I'm trying to figure out is why our mother was so angry at her. Dad divorced her years ago. What made that woman think she'd get anything? You should stop thinking about her. I can't. Jared was old enough to remember their mother well. Daisy believed that her older brother never got over how Amber left the family. In her case, Daisy was glad that she didn't remember Amber much. Maybe there was a time when she was a good mother to her and their brother, unless it was some facade. By the end of the day, Amber decided to leave Orlando. Daisy felt the need to assure her brother how their mother didn't deserve any space in their thoughts. Listen, Jared, don't let Amber play with your mind. Forget about her. It wasn't so hard for her to forget about us. You don't understand, Daisy. I can't stop thinking about her because she's the one who killed our father. 
Saturday nights, the church which the August family attended would go to the prison to minister to the inmates in there. For about a couple of months, Chloe has been involved with this ministry. When it came to the female inmates ministry, it was headed by Nicole. Chloe did have an interest in getting involved a few years prior, but she felt intimidated by it. Since she didn't make the ba basketball team, Ruben was actually the person who constantly encouraged her to get involved just so she could keep herself occupied outside of school. With a lot of thought and prayer, she decided to join the ministry. As time passed by, Chloe found herself caring about the inmates she interacted with. The chapel which the prison set up didn't look the best. It had no pulpit and everyone had to sit on dark blue folded chairs. Despite how it looked, Chloe was thankful that God opened the door for her to help out. Once the sermon was over, Nicole stood right in front of Chloe. The older woman expressed how grateful she was when Chloe decided to faithfully make it when the year started. Glad too, Mrs. Dario. Honestly, I'm glad God allowed me to do stuff like this on a Saturday night. Nicole smiled as she nodded. Great attitude you've got there. I'll see you outside. The moment Nicole walked away from the team to speak with another individual, Chloe spotted an older inmate who was talking with another prisoner. She looked like she could be someone's grandmother. This woman looked to be somewhere in her 60s. Behind the smile she had, it seemed to Chloe that this lady held on to a lot of pain inside. She was always amazed at how someone at that age could be in prison. Chloe didn't want to just stand there and make assumptions. She decided to introduce herself. Chloe stood in front of the woman and extended her hand. Hello, my name's Chloe. She smiled back, then shook the teen's hand. Hey, I'm Alexis. As they shook each other's hand, Alexis squinted her eyes at Chloe a little. Have I seen you somewhere before, girl? Chloe shook her head. Not that I know of. Since the woman asked her this question, Chloe assumed that she hadn't been in prison longer than she's been alive, unless there was something mentally wrong with Alexis. Chloe prayed that wasn't the case. You just look so familiar. Chloe shrugged, then looked back after Nicole called her name to leave. The teen glanced back at the inmates and waved. Bye, Alexis. It was nice meeting you. Hope to see you soon. As Chloe was walking away, she had no idea that Alexis didn't take her eyes off of her until she left the prison chapel. Thank you so much for taking the time in your day to listen to Never As It Seems. Come back next Friday to find out what happens next in this intense, twisted drama. Please feel free to share and subscribe. See y'all next time, if you're prepared. <laughs>